Welcome to Good Morning, the podcast on a mission to open up the conversation around grief and loss with honesty and humour. Hosted by Sally and Imogen, we interview interesting guests to hear how losses shape their lives. Join us as we laugh, cry and drop the odd F-bomb. jump into today's episode just to flag that we do cover the topic of suicide in this conversation which some listeners may find triggering we've included some links and resources in our show notes welcome back to the good morning podcast it's sal here i am flying solo on the mic today because we're in lockdown in sydney so im isn't with me but I am going to dial her in, so stand by. Hello? Hello, my friend. Hi. <laughs> How Here are you? Here we are you? again in lockdown. <laughs> I know, I miss you. It's not the same doing this without oh, you by my side. Too. I know. It's just not, is it? I didn't think we'd be back here, but we are. Just rolling with it. Just rolling with the punches. How are you going over there? I'm having a griefy day. Are you, mate? <laughs> yeah, having a griefy day. It's just one of those heavy ones. Um, but I'm okay. I'm just sitting with it, feeling all the feels, all the things that we, you know, tell everyone else to do when they're having one of these days. But yeah, they just come out of nowhere, don't they? They really do. I feel like you haven't had one for a while. They've I been haven't. fewer, I've been fewer, fewer but it doesn't make it any easier, does it? I'm sorry that you're having a griefy day. That's all right, Sal. This sounds like a counselling <laughs> session now. <laughs> Not our intro. Hey guys, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> yeah, how are you doing? I think the lockdown <laughs> kind of heightens it sometimes though as well, doesn't it? It does. It feels a bit like Groundhog Day. Let's hope that by the time this episode goes live, we should know whether we're going to be out of lockdown on the 10th of July or not. So fingers crossed, guys. Fingers crossed. Pray for us. (laughs) (laughs) So today's episode, we are talking to the legendary Rebecca Jacks. Um, Rebecca lost her brother Jack to suicide. It's, It's the first time we've covered sibling loss on the podcast, actually, isn't it, Im? It is, weirdly enough, and we do talk about why that may be, and I think sibling loss can feel like a bit of a neglected grief, and we really want to change that. We really want to make it more of a conversation that gets had, because we do have a lot of our followers who are dealing with the loss of a sibling, so we really wanted to get Rebecca on to cover that. Um, She also covers suicide loss, survivor's guilt, I absolutely love this episode, Sal. Mm, um, me too. It's so fascinating. And Rebecca's got so much insight and she's basically turned what happened to her into something really magical and she's gone from rock bottom, literally, to turning her whole life around. And I have just found chatting with her so inspiring. Um, so I'm very excited to share 
her magic with everyone. Me too. And I think what's really interesting about Rebecca um, that I really got from this conversation is how she talks about how she uses somatic healing to heal trauma in the body. And I think in, you know, in the Western world, when we are grieving, the first thing that we do is we go to a psychologist or a grief counsellor and we look at the brain, but we don't really think about how our grief and our trauma manifest in the body. So that's a really, um, something that Rebecca really focuses on in her work. And I found that such an interesting part of our conversation. Yes. And you and I feel like you and I have got to a point in our grief as well, where we have talked for England (laughs) about what's happened to us and about our experiences but I still feel like there was more that needed working through in terms of our healing journey and I feel like Rebecca came into our life at the right time and like you said she talks about how the energy of trauma can stay trapped in our bodies it can lead to physical emotional and psychological issues if it doesn't get released. And since we've recorded this episode, Sal and I have been like lucky enough to have done a few sessions of what Rebecca leads as like shamanic breathwork sessions. And it has been a game changer. It's been really, really interesting um, to do that work with her. And I I didn't know that I could feel so different after a couple of sessions of doing breath work. So, yeah, really grateful to have the opportunity to be able to explore that side of things through her course. And um, we've got one tonight, haven't we? What you're doing tonight, what is it? A- ancestral clearing, isn't it? Yes, yes. So like inter- we're looking into like intergenerational trauma and how trauma is passed down through generations and then how that can affect your bodily trauma and how to clear that. So yeah, I'm looking forward to learning more about that tonight and doing some work around that. I've got to say, after the, the, the last few sessions, I've woken up the next day feeling really hungover, even though I hadn't touched any alcohol. And I think she says that c- can be quite common as your body's like clearing out the energy. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward. Yeah, to you get like a like a dry desert mouth from from it, don't you? I, I think yeah, we're like, I feel like I've been out I, I hit out on the tiles. I'm like, <laughs> absolutely not. But I felt yeah rough the next day. It's all the all the trauma. Yeah, well, <laughs> I feel like at least you know it's doing something to your yeah. body. It's so fascinating. Like I've had loads of stuff coming up since doing this work. Like I've been processing a lot of shit that's obviously been trapped in my body for quite some time now. So it's been, it's quite heavy work, but I feel like you really need to go into the pain to be able to clear it. You need to move through it and face it. And this is sort of the work that we've been doing with Rebecca since we did this interview with her. And it's just, it's been really fascinating. It really has. So I think for all of the listeners out there, whether you've lost a sibling or you've lost a loved one to suicide, or maybe if you're interested in learning more about how our body stores trauma um, after a big loss and also um, how you can connect with your loved ones on the other side, because she does talk about how she has um, used her experience to connect with her brother and she shares her sort of insights on how you can do that. So I feel like there's a lot in this episode that will benefit listeners. So much, yes. Transforming through trauma can be quite a mystical and spiritual experience. 
Rebecca says, and we can vouch for that, has been pretty phenomenal. So let's jump into it. Let's enjoy, guys. Hello. Hi. Ah. <laughs> Finally. Oh, <laughs> I know. Oh, my God. I'm, it's been such a long time, so I'm so glad this is finally happening. So I was just chatting to Sal before how we came across you. So it was back in October on Instagram and you posted this really beautiful photo of you in Bali with all these flowers on you with a healer and you um, wrote a really beautiful description about how society doesn't give us permission to let out rage and through this healing work that you were doing you were able to do these primal screams like you've never been able to do before and it just helped to get out all of the emotions that were trapped in your body. And I just loved that post. And I remember reaching out to you and saying, I need this in my life. And that's how you connected. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's yeah. So, Rebecca, your younger brother, Jack, died by suicide three years ago when he was 28. And you were both <clears throat> living in Perth at the time. And devastatingly, you were the person who found him. And Jack's death has completely transformed your life. And you now work as a trauma-informed grief and suicide loss mentor, which is bloody amazing. So great. Good on you. Yeah, we've been really looking forward to chatting with you, Beck, and we're fascinated by the work that you're doing in the grief space as well. Um, Particularly, we love the approach that you've taken toward healing, which is like equal parts scientific and spiritual. And yeah, Sal and I are bloody here for it. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and actually this, uh, thanks guys this is the first time that we've covered sibling loss on the podcast and we've heard that it can be quite a neglected type of grief um as sometimes people don't really acknowledge it in the same way that they might perhaps when you lose a parent or a child or a partner what's your experience with this beck I don't think that it's anything that anyone can ever possibly imagine, like losing a sibling suddenly, tragically, and obviously to suicide um, really does sit in the shadows. You know, like when you go through it yourself, you don't even understand what's happening. And I think actually as a sibling going through it, you kind of feel like um, you have to cultivate the strength to look after your family, you know, because there's so many people around you that are suffering and there's pain everywhere. And also when, uh, you're actually experiencing your, like my brother's friends all going through things as well. Like you kind of feel like uh, like an Iron Maiden, like you're trying to keep really strong and hold the fort for all these people that are crumbling around you. And, you know, when you're trying to then look for support outside of that circle um, and it be, you know, um, obviously professional help, there was a lot of, lot of times I would go into these, um, like these therapy practices and no one really knew how to, to deal with this kind of grief and this trauma. And uh, seemingly it seems to be quite a niche avenue to go down when actually suicide is, I hate to describe it like this, but it's not niche, you know. I would find that within the circle of your friends and your family and then outside actually that it is quite difficult um, to try and get support when you have lost a sibling. And um, the actual feelings of losing a sibling is like, you know, obviously, I guess, Suicide in, in general, because it is so sudden, you, you can't find any answers. You'll never get the answers outside of yourself and you'll never get the answers from them. Um, but when you are kind of feeling like you're the person to blame and you're the perpetrator, 
you can really sit in the shadows and actually sometimes deny help anyway from anyone because you don't feel like you're deserving of it. To me, like, um, you know, like the idea of then losing everyone else, I was, I was completely fearful of that and absolutely terrified because I always, I always pictured that my brother and I would grow old together and our kids would be cousins and he'd be an uncle and would have, you know, like continue moving to different countries together and things like that. So all of that vanished within seconds and you and Jack were really close weren't you yeah really close my dad raised us so the three of us um anyone that knows my dad and Jack and I like we're so tight-knit um and then we moved to Australia together as well one year apart when we were 19 um and I'm so and then always moving around similar suburbs friendship circles we were really 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 close yeah for sure and for those who are dealing with sibling loss, um, we have heard that it can become quite a complicated form of grief as well because, like, in your case, you know, you're very close to your brother and that role that you've played all of your life suddenly changes. So, for example, becoming an only child, how did you navigate that part of your grief? In the earlier days, that that is what I believe that I really was the only child, Um now it's different because I found my brother spiritually. Mm. Um, but back then, uh, that took me to some really like catastrophic places. You know, that took me to crisis point myself. I couldn't, I couldn't bear it. And the fact that the feeling that he was suffering and that he was my baby brother, life to me just didn't seem like it was worth living. And it felt like I was more compelled to be with him, like it was a duty. You know, you're always looking after the ones that you love. And it being the fact that he was, in, in my mind he was terrified and he was suffering and that he passed over for me it just thought well why would I be here you know I can't stay living my life and finding joy again through this much pain I really should go and look after him and be with him that was all that was important to me so that that idea of being an only child and his passing took me to very dark places and on that Beck you've You've spoken openly, you know, about suffering survivor's guilt after Jack's death. And I know that's something, in that you have oh, also... huge. Such a huge, huge response to suicide loss. And it's it's a common response. Um, and, Beck, you almost ended up taking yourself to the police station to ask to be prosecuted for Jack's death. You might agree, like, you become kind of a detective of the past. You know, so all of a sudden, this me- the memory gate just floods open and it's kind of like... Was it this argument or that argument or this comment or yes. that comment? And you're really yeah. trying to piece the puzzle together. And it, and so, you know, because there isn't anyone to kind of blame, you can't blame cancer or, um, you know, somebody else. It's, it, you're kind of directing it all towards you. So you, I mean, I felt like the perpetrator and it was all my fault. So um, for me, I just felt like, why is everyone being kind to me? Why are they showing me compassion? Why am I getting flowers? I don't deserve any of this. My brother took his life and I've, spent my whole life with him so I should I should be punished and I should suffer for this and um and at that time it was like I've got two options here I leave and I go and be with him or my other option is I need to actually I need someone to uh, recognize that this is my fault and actually um you know prosecute me or somehow punish me or have me suffer like I felt like I deserved and yeah that seemed like the best idea at the time I was like dad <laughs> Uh, I'm just going to go to the police station <laughs> and uh, hand myself in for like, you know, I don't know, like um, somehow feeling as if I'd murdered my brother. 
It sounds mental, but honestly, I, I was probably not far off doing that as well, to be honest. Like, it's such a heavy load to carry, isn't it? Like, that guilt. And you need you need an answer. And when we don't have an answer, it's like, oh, well, well we, we must have been the culprit. You know, it's, it's so hard. Yeah. And the detective work as well. Im, you were very, very similar in that sense, weren't you? Kind of just oh. trying to piece things together because... <clears throat> Investigator mode. When you've got no answers... It's 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 another level of pain. It's it's another like it's so it's just insanely difficult to navigate. Yeah. Oh yeah, you're like Inspector Gadget, and you're just looking for all of the blind spots, and you know, and it tor- it tortures you because you're trying to search for all these answers, and then you you don't get them, and you know, then you it's it, it is a process you have to go through though because it's no good someone saying to you, oh, you know, you need to get to stage five of acceptance now. And it's like, you have no idea what's going on in my head. Like, this is just, my thoughts are absolutely wild at the moment. And I really need to work through them. And it takes a really long time. It takes so much dedication as well. Beck, I know you and Jack were really close. You were living together at the time. I know hindsight's a wonderful thing, but did you see any signs at all? Um, at that at that particular time, no. But um, Jack was very open about his um, like his mental health. So Jack had suffered a long time with um, back pain, and he was on like a heavy cocktail of drugs, opiate-based medicines, and a lot of pharmaceutical medicines like sleeping tablets, antidepressants, and things like that. Um, and what happened with this cocktail of drugs? If you came off of them, you'd go into psychosis. So my brother had these back operations and he was no longer in any physical pain anymore but he was still a slave to the medication because if he came off he would go haywire and he did that a couple of times he was like I don't feel depressed I don't have any back pain I want to go out running and kite surfing and he went into psychosis so he had to get back on the medicine and the medicine would then affect his bladder or his kidneys and he would have all of these other um, side effects from it and one of the medications he was on had it's been banned in most countries now, but it says in the, in black and white that you can have suicidal ideations on this medicine. Um, and Jack wasn't drinking or anything like that. Um, and, you know, at that time of his life, he was happy. He had a girlfriend, job, jet ski, kite surfing. Uh, he was at uni. And uh, it, was, it was then, you know, like my dad and I always say, like, he was doing so well. Physically, he wasn't in, in pain anymore. He, uh, that, that was when he did it. And it was just, you know, I could have maybe expected it back when he was in pain and he was really communicating like, I don't feel good. I don't want to be alive. I can't live with this much physical pain anymore. But um, definitely not when he did take his life, no. This is why I'm so passionate about, about natural healing and self-healing because, uh, you know, I was saying to my dad yesterday, if I had Jack now, in front of me and I said to him right let's crack down for the next six to eight weeks and we're going to do all of these practices together with my hand on my heart my brother would still be alive oh Beck it's oh, just absolutely devastating and I know being a suicide loss survivor myself although we know the intense pain and suffering that being left behind can cause it's still very common for the people left behind to suffer from suicidal ideation as well and I know that's something you've experienced it's something I've experienced um, but you've spoken quite openly before about feeling like you needed to get to the point 
of what Jack felt to be able to turn everything around again. And can you talk us through what led to that moment and how you've been able to come back from that place and then go on to do the incredible work that you're doing to help heal others? Yeah, um, of course. So, I mean, I don't know if you felt like this, but I needed to get as close to my brother as possible. Like I needed to get as close to his thoughts, his feelings, what what was going on in his head. I needed to understand because I felt so disconnected from him because I didn't understand why he took his life. Um, and, you know, it was just such a, such a shock. And for me, it was like there was, I could, I went through all of his emails. I visited all of his doctors. I went through every side, uh, side effect of his medication. I went through his text messages, photos, videos, everything, but nothing was like, I didn't have enough to grasp onto. And I actually used to beg. I used to say, please, please, please let me feel what you felt. I need to understand what it is like in that moment to take your life. I have to understand what it feels like to to get to that point. I need to feel the sensations and I need to know because when I know, then I can I feel closer to, to you. And so it was kind of a weird thing to wish for really, but it, it, on a soul level, it's obviously maybe what I needed to do. And I got to that place and it was very, very scary and it was very dark, but I understood. I really believe that I completely understood what it felt like to, to come peace with feeling like I'm I want to be free um and then from there I mean everything changed for me after that it was kind of like this thing where it was like I could dust my hands off and be like right now I need to get to work I understand what it's like to be in this really awful place um and now I want to turn everything around and then find the best way to heal myself and that was when it just was a huge catalyst of growth for me after that and I kind of left grief counseling and I went down uh, the energy and spiritual path of healing. Um, and then <clears throat> that kind of like uh, involved a lot of different spiritual teachers and healers and trauma specialists from all over the world. So I was working with a lot of them online and then I was flying around as well and I would spend um, a, like a long period of time with each teacher. And then through each uh, like healing modality, like it completely transformed either my body, my mind, or my spiritual development. And then I studied all of them. So that was never the intention. The intention was always just to heal myself because I just thought I'm only 30 at the time. I can't, I, I need to leave a legacy for, behind for my brother. I need to get well. I need to get better. I need to make this, I need to live my life, but I need to be able to make a change in this world. And then uh, it just all started from there. So I started I started learning from all of the teachers and then qualifying and uh, studying all, all of it. Um, so that was like hypnotherapy, um, somatic healing, shamanic breath work, EFT tapping, TFT tapping, um, Reiki, energy healing, uh, somatic healing, uh, mindfulness and meditation, uh, like grief uh, processing and counseling. And uh, it hasn't stopped. I'm still studying a lot more, but. Um, so basically, through my own journey, I discovered that of the, the interlink of the mind, the body, and the spirit, and you know why we hold trauma in certain areas, and then you know how we can draw energy from us from our spiritual field or our energy field, uh, how that can make us sick, and how our mind can make us well, or how our mind can make us sick. So I needed to be able to learn all of the ways to heal on body, mind, and spirit, but also so you can kind of navigate through all your emotions. And, and mental health um so kind of what i've created is quite unique in a sense um 
with working with those tools specifically for suicide loss survivors. It's so impressive. And I think in Western society, when we are experiencing, you know, grief and other mental health issues, we focus on the mind, don't we? But we don't even really think about the body. And you, yeah, you know, it's it's kind of, you know, we, we go to counselling and we do everything in the sort of mind. But what we, we, Im and I find so fascinating about the work that you do is the body-centred approach that you take. And so you've got your traditional grief therapy and then you've got your body-centred approach and something called somatic healing. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, so the difference is like we're, we're only ever using our conscious minds with 5% of the time. And so when we're just trying to heal uh, with our cognitive minds, like it's hard to make any big fundamental changes, obviously, because it's such a small percentage of who and what we are. Mm. Um, and so we're actually influenced 95% by our subconscious mind. And our subconscious mind is like our feeling body or our subjective mind. And so somatic healing basically it reconnects us with our bodies, our feelings and our emotions. And so it creates all the space for us to overcome all, those, all of the negative effects from the trauma. So obviously with uh, trauma is like a fact of life, you know, through um, everyone will experience at some point some level of trauma. And with suicide loss, that is a very heavy trauma to, to, to experience. And what happens is we often store all of this energy from that trauma in our bodies, which can later lead to like physical problems, emotional issues and psychological issues. So when we address the body, we actually tap into our own ability to be able to heal ourselves because our body has this like this infinite, you know, like you're breathing right now and you don't even, you're not even doing anything to try and breathe. When we are exposed to all of these sort of traumatic events and, and grief, um, and then when we approach the body, then we can really, really, really transform all of the effects of trauma. Um, what happens is all of the energy that we kind of uh, experienced when we went through it, if we don't process it through the body or we don't allow the trauma cycles to complete, like, like so to speak, all of that energy is stored. But what happens is, for instance, like with me, with my brother, I froze. I completely froze and I fell on the floor and I couldn't move, I couldn't speak, and I couldn't process that energy. So what happens for me is all of that energy that I was stored every single time over the course of a year, if someone would say, Becky, and shout my name, I'd collapse. Uh, if I had a loud noise, I'd collapse. Um, and my body had just learned to completely shut down every time that I felt like I, I was living in survival mode and I was living in fear all the time. It, it caused me a lot of issues. Like, you know, I was in London one day and I collapsed on a huge flight of stairs. Um, and I would lay there and I'd hallucinate through collapsing all of the time. And so what happened when I started to approach my healing from the, um, the like working with the body and somatic healing, I was able to unravel and unfold all of that energy and then start to release that energy from my body, you know, and when that started to happen and it would dissolve and it would soar out and it was just such an emotional release, but I was allowed to um, give myself the space to let all of this energy just exit and leave my body and recalibrate my nervous system. And then I never fainted again and I, and I stopped hallucinating and I just started getting my life back and I could, I could handle noise and, stress and pressure or you know um and so this is what happens with somatic healing it's just it's such a powerful powerful process and and that's healing the body and then we go on to healing the mind after that and then spiritually you know your energy really starts to 
um, expands. And so your energy field and your torus field just starts to vibrate much higher and, it, and everything's just so interconnected and it just really, really helps the healing and recovery process. And there's so many more benefits of that, to that as well. Like spiritually speaking, um, trauma and tra- like transforming through trauma can be quite a spiritual uh, or mystical experience. Where do we sign up? Oh, gosh. Uh, honestly, this is incredible. I was saying to Sal the other week, I'm like, Sal, I think I need to go back to therapy. But then I'm like speaking to a psychologist. Like, it's just not enough. Like, I, all the traumas trapped in my body, like you mentioned, like I'm living in survival mode and mm. I, I don't want to live like this for the rest of my life. And I think in, you know, we just don't know the other things that we could do, you know, to help process our grief. We just think go and see a therapist, you know, journal, do all the things that, you know, are helpful um, for our mind. But most of us have absolutely no idea really about the other things that that can help and like somatic healing. And it just sounds absolutely incredible. And I'm so sorry that you went through that as well, because that, I mean, that sounds like it was a very, very dark and difficult um, time for you. But to, to, to be able to navigate it, the way that you have, I think is just absolutely amazing. Yeah, inspiring. And you know what, you go to the GP now and you speak to them about your issues and your trauma and everything that's going on and all they do is refer you to somebody to talk about the mind. Mm. Whereas, you know, we never get referred to anyone to deal with everything else that's going on in our bodies. It's just, it's such an alternate therapy still and it needs to be more mainstream, doesn't it? Yeah, well, you just go straight to the root. The thing is, is that like when you, I also got um, prescribed medication, mm-hmm. but the thing is the link, like, you know, I lost my brother due to the effects from all of his medication. So here I am every morning taking this medication. And I think that sometimes they are great for a short-term solution while you really come to terms with like what the hell is going on in your life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes you need help to sleep and things like that. But ultimately, I was just turning into a vegetable on the sofa that I couldn't feel any emotion. And so I was like, no, I don't want to, I don't buy into this. I don't want medication. You know, I'd never even take paracetamol and stuff like that before. So why am I taking all this medicine now? And so what what happens is it's kind of also quite disempowering because we just go down that conventional path. It's just so mainstream. And so you give all your power away to this GP and you're like, give me something. And then you take this thing. And now all of a sudden they're the solution to your problem, but they are not the solution to your problem because the problem is the energy. And it's this this natural uh, enormous amount of energy that's been stuck in your body. And that's where you want to look because what happens is all of this energy is stored within your body, right? So it goes into the nervous system, the cells, the DNA, um, your tissues, your fascia, and what all of this energy is like energy in motion is emotion, and it starts to get bigger and bigger and louder and louder, <clears throat> and your body will present its bill because it starts to eat away at the tissues and the fascia, and this is how a lot of disease or sickness and chronic fatigue and things like that start to happen. And usually, after someone has gone through grief or trauma, it can be such a turning event to their physical health. I mean. I started getting like autoimmune diseases. My hair fell out. I was bored. My nails fell out. Mm. Um, my all my, my teeth. My skin was on fire, and I was just like, "What? What? What is going on with my house?" And it's your body's, <clears throat> your body's response. Yeah, your body keeps uh-huh. the score. I know yeah, what you mean. Yeah, and about- it's shouting at you. My um, I had a like I was diagnosed with an autoimmune disease, um, probably about six months before Mum died. But it was like really like um, in its infancy, so we were kind of 
controlling it really well with meds. But then when mum died, I, after she died about a month later, when I was back in Australia, I went to the doctors and it had like progressed quite significantly I think due to the stress and the trauma like it had kind of yeah it was um much worse and then I had to up my medication and I think it must have been a reaction to the to the grief and like the fight or flight mode I think yeah a hundred percent and it's and it's like the body's default so if it hasn't if that if that energy hasn't been released it will always default back to that and so all of the endorphins everything starts to rush through your body and it's, uh, it's, it's, it's energy that wants to be communicated with, you know, like the pain wants to be heard. It wants to be expressed, the anger, everything like that. And when we're such tiny little people, these tiny little bodies that have got so much energy that just needs to come out. And when we're pushing it down or suppressing it, because sometimes we're quite scared, like you've already been through enough. And now, and now you want to actually, you know, like reinvite that kind of pain into your awareness. It's, it is a very courageous thing to do, but it's one of the most liberating things you can do and it will just transform your overall like health and wellness and like longevity of life as well if you actually do it if you do the work so how can we do it like just for your average joe sitting at home listening wanting to know like how do we get all of this trauma out of our bodies like yeah what is the best way well i mean okay so like breath work and hypnotherapy are two of the most powerful methods that um, I work with and that I've ever used. They're like the closest thing to plant medicine. And so um, if you went into a jungle with a shaman and then had ayahuasca or a buffet or something, you know, like not everybody's going to do that. So if you wanted to have a somatic approach that you can do yourself at home, um, so for like, you know, free resources for people, um, I would suggest studying your trauma like really getting an understanding about your physiology and really trying to research what it is that's going on with you. Because when you understand that self-awareness, it kind of takes you on to the next level of of locating and objectifying the emotion. So, um, I mean, I would definitely work with hypnotherapy, hypnosis, subliminal hypnosis is also very powerful. You know, you can have that on while you sleep overnight. There's things that you can do yourself, but really you want to, for the first while, have someone guide you to actually releasing this energy because it can be quite um, a shock sometimes when you first kind of have this kind of emotional catharsis. So you want to make sure that someone's holding space for you and that you're unwinding with somebody there who's, who's got your back and who's kind of guiding you through it. Um, I can imagine it but, being initially it'd be yeah. quite... Uh, uncomfortable for people who are so used to holding everything in um, to kind of release it all that first time must be quite confronting. Well, so what happens is when you penetrate, so with breathwork and hypnotherapy, for instance, you're penetrating the subconscious mind or the unconscious mind. So you're going right to the very root, to the source of the trauma, and you're going, you're communicating with the body. So when you get to that stage, you've already altered your brainwave state. So your conscious mind is now very like, woozy it's relaxed you're very 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 calm and you're not cognitively you know um powered and like charged so you kind of let the body do the talking so the body really 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 starts to express itself so yeah it can in the first couple of times feel a little bit unusual because you can't hide basically you can't hide from yourself your body will show you exactly what it needs 
to do and how it how it needs to heal. You basically open the door to your body and you close the door off slightly to your mind and you let the body do the talking. And when you haven't experienced that kind of thing before, um, at, I mean, for a little while, I'll be like, what is going on? But then at the end, you're like, wow. I mean, words kind of really defy the experience. It really is something that you kind of need to experience. It's hard to even get my head around just thinking about that, you know, being sort of not my mind, not in control. But so when you say, Beck, um, you know, people should identify sort of their trauma, does that do you mean sort of thinking about, okay, so how do I think my trauma is manifesting for me? Um, Is it maybe that I feel constantly tired or I feel like I've got a tight chest and I'm anxious? Is that the sort of thing that you mean kind of working through? Yeah. So, for instance, like... um Okay, so I had awful digestion issues Mm. and um, I looked like I was full-time pregnant and I was hardly really, you know, I wasn't really eating. So I went to the doctor. The doctor puts me on all of these medications to help with digestion and I'm taking all of the the, the drinks and stuff like that. That seemed like the right answer, but it wasn't going anywhere. Mm. So I started to look at why the body does that. And so it's through anger, through guilt through all of this energy that is now kind of growing larger inside the body and then all of this energy is also held within the root chakra and then you link it to your emotions the organs present the emotions so whatever it is an emotion that's stuck within the body you can you can you'll get a physical reaction the physical manifestation is like the last sign of an emotional experience so when you start linking things like that together so i would do something like this i would say okay, uh, why is my stomach bloated? You know, really, really like go into your body, take some really nice big deep breaths into your nose, out through your mouth and your your uh, higher self or your intuition is going to respond to you. It's going to, it's going to give you the answer within three seconds or instantly. So you'll say, why is my stomach bloated? What's the emotion? It's guilt, okay, or anger for instance, okay. So, now I want to locate the anger. Where are you? You're in my stomach. Okay, I really want to feel this anger. And then you can start to feel the anger. Okay, anger, like I really want you to start releasing through my body. Will you work with me now as I start to express you and release you through my body? And then the anger will be like, yeah. And then in that moment, you know, there's things that you can do to actually really, really, really start shaking this anger out or roaring it out or hitting a pillow or like any find a natural way like an animal would do in the jungle or in the wild sorry they all shake they all shake their trauma out and recalibrate their nervous systems but we just kind of swallow it down with medicine or drink or keep them busy or social media and we don't actually uh oh my god all of those all of the above yeah Yeah. (laughs) sounds like that sounds like my friday night yeah i'm like bit of instagram (laughs) bit of wine over busy Um, I can this is just great and I did all of those things as well like in the early stages because I had a lot of rage as well um, after my mum died and I used to scream into the pillow I used to actually get into the car and turn the music up really loud and just scream as I drove around like I felt like it was the only safe place I could do it where people wouldn't judge me Um, but I'm quite in tune with my body and I definitely hold my anger in my chest, like in my solar plexus. Is that a thing? Yeah. 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 And then also what you want to do is then look at all the organs that are surrounding that energy center. So then you want to have a look. Yeah. And you want to have a look at what's around there. And then it's like, what symptoms am I getting from that space? And obviously, if you've been through heartache, you can definitely uh, expect that you might start having 
uh, energy that is stored around that part of your body. And so it's really good when you actually start locating things in your body. And when you research this stuff yourself, it's really, really, really empowering. You're not just going up to the doctor and being like, doc, you know, what's going on with me? Because they're just going to give you a medicine. And the, the medicine is just going to, to numb it and suppress it. It's not actually going to release the energy. It's not going to heighten your energy either. It's not going to mm. raise your vibration. You're not going to get any benefits spiritually or long-term emotionally or physically than you are if you actually start to heal your emotions yourself. So true. And it is a heartache, isn't it, grief? Like, it is a bloody heartache. Like, I have moments when, like, like it fucking aches. Yeah, where do you think you, like, hold your grief, Sal? I feel like I hold it around my like I feel tired a lot of the time, like in my face. Can you hold it in, in your my face? face? <laughs> <laughs> but there's like a. Sh- Do you work with chakras and things? Like I guess there's a like my face feels the chakra feels in your tired. head, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm. And my throat. I think yeah, I hold so- it in my throat as well, and I don't speak up as much as I should. And I, all, whenever I have Reiki or anything, any sort of, um, you know, uh, sort of healing um, mm. practices, they always say you're holding a lot of energy in your throat um and i think he's got to tell us what you really think sal yeah That's right well <laughs> now we're on to it no i'm joking but um i think that might be where it is for me yeah and, so interesting and what we'll do beck is um we'll get some recommendations from you after this chat on books that you'd recommend we'll link them all to the show notes so if anyone listening is interested in learning a little bit more and reading around the topic we'll include some resources as well yeah there was yeah that you you posted a vid- video recently on your instagram which i found um great which was i think kelly osborne and she was doing breath work and she was saying it like transformed her life and all she was doing was like taking a deep breath in and thinking love like telling herself love and then taking a big exhale and releasing negativity and I started like t- trying to practice with that and I, it felt really good. It's like, oh my God, I'm breathing properly for the first time. Like, like you mentioned before, when you said about we breathe naturally, as soon as you said that, I'm like, I'm really am breathing so shallow. Oh yes. <laughs> and then you're like, oh shit, better drop the breath down. But like breathing is, you know, it's the most simplest thing that we can do, but and I think free. it can help and it's free and it's easy and you can do it from home. You can do it anywhere. Oh uh, yeah. Well, when I first, uh, when someone said to me, oh, you should try breath work, and I thought, what, what, what's that going to possibly do? You know, my brother's just died by suicide. I'd have breath work going to help. Yeah. And then I did my first breath work session, and I was like, whoa, <laughs> oh, my God. And then, uh, you know, those, okay, so like what Kelly Osborne did is perfect. Like if you watch, there's so many breathing exercises and like box breathing and things like that that you can just do at home to bring you back into center and like presence and um and kind of start to release some emotions and then also raise your vibration but there are like when you have uh, you know like the kind of breathwork that I do this is like a three-hour journey this is not like a just simple breathing kind of stuff this is a, a quite a potent uh three-hour breathwork journey <laughs> wow but, but sounds like I ain't got same. time for that just, <laughs> let's just, let's just, the three of us is, um why don't the three of us do one I'll take you guys I'll take you guys through a, a breathwork session when you're both next free. Oh, we'd absolutely I love that. I love this. And yeah. maybe we could do an Instagram live for our listeners, like a simple breathwork session if you'd be up for that. Maybe just a yeah, yeah like a yes. short introduction to it for anyone that's interested in, in learning a little bit more or starting to kind of connect with their breath. It might be a, a good thing to do. Yeah, I would love that. 
And you actually had a video of his spirit, didn't you? Like you saw the like a light going around in your yard. Can you tell us about that? Yeah. Um, so I was, my, uh, my friend was taking a selfie in the garden. I videoed her and there was this giant red uh, ring that was flying around her. So I went into the living room. I said, Dad, there's this giant red ring that you can see on camera outside. And he was like, oh, I'll go out and see if it's Jack. And I thought, oh, oh, it probably won't be, but bless him. We'll go out anyway and then do it. And so he stood in the same spot. And then I sat very still with my camera, just videoing him. And then all of a sudden, there was this great giant, like green, fuzzy kind of energy ball at his feet. And, And I was like, okay, let's just play with this here. If this is Jack, everybody starts saying, I love you, Jack. I love you, Jack. I love you. I love you. And we were really giving him so much love and we were actually crying and we were saying all the things that we love about him. And this, Mm -hmm. this energy ball started to change shape and get bigger and bigger and bigger. And one stage it was bigger than my dad. And then it turned into this big cloud that my dad was engulfed inside of the cloud and never seen anything like it. And then it got really dense. And so it turned into like more matter than, uh, than like particles. And so it got denser and denser. And then we were, I said, dad, kiss Jack, Jack, kiss dad and things like that. And so my camera's dead still. I'll show you the video and it's just moving around him. And then, and then all of a sudden it just completely like just went and disappeared. Oh my so I put the video, I put the video on my laptop. And so I put it on pause mode and I just like, started going through it like second by second by second and then there's this part where for about two seconds the green ball of energy morphs and turns into Jack's face and he turns his head three ways and he kisses dad on the cheek and it's just like we just couldn't not believe what we saw and my mouth is on the floor like I've got tears in my eyes that's this chills. Yes. This is just so incredible. If you would share that, that video, we would dad. be so, just. We'd love to see it. It sounds because you post. I saw that you screenshot the video, and there was Jack. Like you could see him. Like, couldn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's you incredible. Can, you can see Jack really clearly. Um, my dad's got the video on his phone, so I'll I'll send it over. But oh, yeah, it was that was for Dad though, because you know Dad. Um, was really suffering a lot and you know at that stage I'd already kind of found Jack in spirit Mm. but my dad was still on the fence and so when he actually saw him my dad was like my baby boy I can't believe that he's still alive it's insane that he's still alive and things from there have just gone strength to strength to strength my dad's a builder crying out loud (laughs) (laughs) but he's gone on the spiritual journey now hasn't he your dad I've I've seen that you've spoken about him sort of being you know very much with the with you on this journey now which I think is absolutely amazing beautiful oh he spent time with shamans he meditates every day he connects to Jack he speaks to him he um yeah he's he's asking for signs from him all the time like now that my dad and I are together at the moment in Bali we've been going into like short meditations together and asking for signs and it's like the other day um I was at the beach and this guy on the beach just said to me oh hi what's your name and I said uh, my name's Becky and then he turned and spoke to dad and uh, then he came and I said sorry what's your name Jack and I said what why did you say that it's insane and then 
and that we had this joke when uh, we used to go on holiday in Thailand and when we'd go around the markets everyone would shout out something felt something felt something felt and it turned into this joke that when we were on holiday we'd always say like something felt something felt my dad said I want to hear the phrase something felt and I was like dad I don't know about that like I'm not sure you're going to get that in Bali we got in the taxi the same day he asked for it and the driver turned around and he goes sir something felt Oh my on. god! Oh my god! And my dad just burst. My dad just burst into tears, and I was just like, I can't believe it. Like, how, how, like, how much uh, the spirit influenced us and our thoughts? Like, who's really in control here? <laughs> wow! And a lot of what you, you know, you've spoken about, and and everything is about energies and vibrations. Like, how can we get to the point that you and your dad are? Like, how can we raise our vibrations to be having these experiences? I mean, it depends, like, I mean, speaking from obviously my journey and the journey that I take people on, it really is about releasing um, that energy from your body. That's the first part, because once you start to transcend this energy from your body, the pain, the grief, all of that, what happens is you actually t- you turn it up. So it, uh, it transcends into higher forms of vibration. So if you think of like uh, anger, for instance, it will draw on your energy field, so it will end up sucking the life from your energy field so you become very low vibration Mm. when spirit have no longer got their body they're vibrating at the frequency of love which is like a very 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 high frequency so we aren't able to match them on that frequency if we are suffering with low emitting emotions because they emit lower frequencies so when you actually start to move through that anger basically you're turning the dial up so now that anger is able to express itself through if, uh, through wisdom and through love and it integrates so now your energy field becomes uh, wider your frequency becomes higher so now you're more of a frequency match it really is like physics well, as soon as you start to vibrate higher then that's when your relationship in, uh, with yourself and then the one in spirit you, you start to get like synchronicities um, serendipities um, signs uh, everything becomes more aligned and you're also living in a more coherent state so physically mentally emotionally and spiritually like you're you're you're, you're evolving like majorly evolving moving through sufferings is like quite a can be well yeah a really spiritual mystical experience you don't i never went into it to be spiritual that was just kind of like the byproduct of healing mm. It was an it was almost an, an accident, I suppose, that I found it, and then once I found it, you just can't go back. I mean, you were at that point in your life where it was just that or a very very dark road. I think for you, there was mm. no other option, and I feel like I'm sort of there too. Like I need to move through this, and you you need to like transcend through the trauma, don't you? And like yeah, it's just fascinating. You're it's inspirational. Not, it's not, it's not, <laughs> you are. Uh, Trauma release is number one, right? Because once, in my eyes, because once you start to actually release that trauma, now you're, you have like a higher perception of things and things have changed and you're feeling a lot better. So then what happens is you want to exercise. You want to see your friends. You want to socialize. You're, you're doing all the other things that raise your vibration because you feel like it now because you have more uh, life back. You're, you're feeling more vital. Mm-hmm. But, you know, for you to not release that trauma and then go out for a run or go out and see your friends, yeah, those things are going to raise your vibration, but ultimately the trauma energy is still within your body. So that's the first place to look is there. 
and the rest of it will fall into place. And what advice, Beck, would you have for listeners who might really want to connect with a loved one and their spirit, but are just having a bit of difficulty getting there? So I would, first of all, recognise that, that when they communicate with you, it's in your voice. Mm. Secondly, if you were to try and even just do short meditations, I would start by taking two box breathing. So maybe do 10 rounds of this first because you want to activate the rest and digest mode. So you breathe in for four through the nose. You hold for four seconds and then you release for four through the mouth. Start to really, really drop into the body and just like relax all your body. Then you want to ask a question like, it could be anything like, um, uh, can you give me a, a sign or this is the sign that I want or um, what do you have to tell me and things like that. And then have a pen and paper and then just go for it. Write down everything that, that comes your way, even if you think that it's your voice. This is the first step to you start to practice it. Um, and then what you can do is you will start to receive all these little signs and it builds stronger and it gets stronger. And so you realize now you're actually having communication with them and then it, it develops, you know, into you developing your clear audience. So you can hear them or feel them around and you can see them through meditation. So I play it like a game. I go into meditation, I ask for a sign and then I communicate through the signs or numerology is another really good one as well you ask for certain numbers and you ask for certain things and all of a sudden you actually can start living your life with a lot less pressure from yourself because you know that you're being divinely guided by them this is incredible I actually have had that recently where I've I've sort of had my mum talking to me but it was my voice and then I'm like don't be silly I'm just talking to myself pretending it's like my mum But so it's not like, is that the first way that it sort of happens where you can communicate? Because I don't know what it was. I was doing something the other day and I just told myself like, as if it was my mom saying like, oh, I'm really proud of you. Or you, you know, you're doing amazing. Like I'm here, I'm here with you. I'm like, oh my God, I'm actually going mad now. I'm just talking to myself as if I'm my mom, but perhaps it's her communicating to me and I just haven't differentiated yet that that's how she connects. Like, I don't know. Is that, is that it? Yeah, no, that's. That is, <clears throat> that is it. You're, there's an invisible language. Like it's a, the language of the universe or the language of spirit. And so you have your your two voices going on. You know, you've got like the devil on your shoulder and then you have your higher self, for instance, like your ego. And so normally you can have like this two-way conversation. Now all of a sudden you've got three-way conversations or four-way conversations going on in your mind because you're speaking and connecting with them. But you'll notice that the language changes really quickly. So they'll speak to you, obviously, in third person. They'll they'll call you by your name. And then you can communicate with them and speak over them, like you're talking to them. And this is this is like clear audience developing. And when you practice it, when you actually start to... Um, okay, so one of the ways to really also identify... So you know muscle testing, when you go to a doctor, they'll like tap your knee and see like the... Re- the, the how it will um yeah the reflex thing yeah it's like applied kinesiology so um one of the parts that i teach in my um healing journey is that so you can muscle test and you can sway test as well so you um can actually reconfirm through spirit yes no true false right or wrong um and that's also applied kinesiology is a really way to just reconfirm all of the time the messages that you are getting Way testing. So if you stand up, say for instance, you've just had this conversation with your mum, um, 
and then you can stand up again, do the breathing, really, really relax and just surrender because the energy communicates with energy. It's much easier for energy to change form and shape and create than matter um, affecting matter. So just loosen yourself and then you can say, mum, was that you, for instance? I'm not going to tell you. Yeah, it's really cool because um, I've made big decisions with all of this, like selling business, uh, like house, countries, all of that through not using my logical mind. If I did, I'd be in trouble, I think. That's incredible. And I'm not a logical yeah. person. You are. You're quite logical anyway, aren't you? And I feel like this is just so fascinating it's, and so comforting, isn't it, it's Sal? It's absolutely fascinating. Thank you so much, Rebecca, for joining us today. And just final question, um, one for the listeners. So you, you've created an amazing online healing program for suicide loss survivors. So can you tell our listeners who might be interested um, in learning more how they can find it and what they could expect? Yeah, okay. So basically everything that's involved in this course is um, all of these healing modalities combined um, so that it does work on all levels of body, mind and spirit. Um, So there's spiritual development, trauma healing, somatic healing, hypnotherapy. There's all embedded like uh, hypnosis and meditation specific for suicide loss um, and grief processing containers, sound healing, like there's just I mean, I could go on for it. There's a lot involved. There's self-study, um, <clears throat> uh, homework, and the modules. There's four modules, which includes a whole uh, self-study of your tra- like trauma and loss and um, reactions and how to process it and somatic uh, e-books that people can kind of process things on their own. And weekly we get together um, and we have, a small container of people, maybe 10 to 15 people at a time. And we work together for five weeks. And every week we have um, uh, an immersion, a healing immersion that usually will run from three to four hours. Um, And they are better, obviously, to attend live, you know, because you do get more benefits from them when we actually work together. Um, But they are also recorded for people that just can't make it. It's so incredible and I've actually joined one of your online sessions before and I highly recommend it to any of our listeners that are struggling, especially with suicide loss. You are so inspirational and this has been such an enlightening and fascinating chat. Sally and I are going to go have lunch and debrief on this. I feel like I want to get on the breath work straight away. Yeah, let's go breathe. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, no, we'll um, I'll I'll message you after and we'll book it. We'll do a session together and I'll... um, I'd love to take you guys through a session. You'll love it. That would be great. That's so kind. Thank you. We'd absolutely love that. And we'll link, Becky, to your free Facebook community group as well called The Healing Healing the Loss of Suicide because it's full of great resources, videos. Going to be so Um, many resources in these show notes. We've covered a lot today. Um, (laughs) But thank you so much for your time. It's been so enlightening to chat to you. and Watch out for the IG Live. Yeah. Wow, amazing. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you, Beck. We'll chat to you soon. Have a great day. Yeah, you too. Bye. How amazing is Rebecca? She is fascinating. That was such an enlightening conversation. Um, And, yeah, can't wait to share her magic with you all. We'll link to everything we discussed um, in the show notes. Um, But, yeah, hopefully we'll be out of lockdown soon so we can see each other in person, Im. 
and celebrate your B-Day. Oh, yes. I mean, turning 35, so, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I'm a Bring bit chicken. nervous about Bring it. Bring chicken. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, oh, guys. Thanks, guys. That brings us to the end of today's episode. If you know somebody that might benefit from listening to Good Morning, please do spread the word, and we will see you in a few weeks. Bye. Bye.